Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Buckle up, strap yourself in, and get ready. Welcome to The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Sunday edition of the Roy Green Show on this 14th day of January on the Chorus Radio Network. Hello, everybody. Great to have you with us. We're having a little difficulty connecting with our first guest. Happens now and then. Uh, it happens to be one of those now moments. But we will continue to try to get through to Duff Conacher of Democracy Watch because Mr. Conacher wants to have, and he's been successful with it so far, with uh, the upcoming election in Ontario and then also subsequently in federal and other provincial elections, once the uh, elections commissions to stress that voters can um, effectively vote none of the above by declining their ballots. It means you have to go to the voting station, the polling station. You decline the ballot. They count it. The politicians don't care because if you don't vote, you have no impact on the election. But at least it's not just not going, because last time there was an election in Ontario, it was 58% of people, uh, no, 51.3% of eligible voters showed up. In uh, British Columbia last year for the provincial election, 61.5% showed up, and that for Canada is actually probably close to being over average. And federally, usually it's about 60% of eligible voters who bother to go out and vote. So then later on, what happens is somebody does something that you don't like or the government does something that you don't approve of, and you really have no reason to complain. You have no leg to stand on. If you didn't vote, you abdicated your responsibility and chose not to exercise your franchise. So two years in, if you don't like something Mr. Trudeau did or if you don't like something Kathleen Wynne did or if you don't like something... The John Horgan did, um, and you didn't vote. You really, really have no leg to stand on. Anyway, we're going to proceed here, and uh, Will is going to keep on calling, and no point in leaving messages. I've just sent Duff an email, so we'll uh, we'll try to get him on before the end of the uh, end of the hour. I want to tell you as well, today we're going to talk to uh, Patrick Moore, the sensible environmentalist at Ecosense.me, co-founder of Greenpeace. There uh, has been an initiative announced by New York City, Mayor Bill de Blasio, that New York City is going to sue five of the major oil companies for contributing to climate change. I think de Blasio wants to get his name out there, so he's going to be heard and going to be considered as a Democratic candidate in 2020, maybe. 
They're going after BP, Chevron, ConocoPhillips, ExxonMobil, and Royal Dutch Shell. San Francisco and Oakland did that last year. So now this is going to be the next phase. There'll be Canadian cities, no doubt, will jump on board. And there'll be these massive lawsuits, multi-billion dollar lawsuits, against oil companies for contributing to climate change. Dr. Patrick Moore has a lot to say about that. Um, Yesterday, pretty scary in Hawaii. Very, very scary situation. As Hawaiians heard the alarm concerning a nuclear missile attack on the state. And as I'm sure you've heard over the last 20 or so hours, is that at the bottom of the uh, the alert, it said this is not a drill. This is sort of the real thing. And it turned out to be the wrong thing. But I was wondering, what happens with the militaries? When this sort of announcement is made, what happens to the military? What does the military do to react? What kind of levels of readiness are assumed? Because in 1983, not exactly the same situation, but in 1983, when the Soviet Union, when a Soviet fighter jet shot down a South Korean airliner, 269 dead. The Americans considered that to potentially be the first act of war because an American spy plane had been in the area and the Korean Airlines jet had drifted off course. And the Soviets started to think that the Americans were considering launching a preemptive strike of their own because the American language started to sound to the Soviets like it was war language. And they started to escalate You know, we've all heard these DEFCON numbers. Apparently, it was going up and up and up because the perspective is if we get the first strike in, we can effectively destroy the enemy. But we have to be first because if we're not, within a matter of minutes, we'll lose everything and everyone. So 1983 was very close. We'll be speaking with Colonel Peter Mansour, who was a former NATO officer, American officer, tank brigade commander in Europe, and was also the executive officer to General David Petraeus in Iraq. We'll talk to uh, Colonel Mansour about what is likely to have happened as far as the militaries are concerned. So that's coming up today. And we'll be speaking with uh, Dave Foxcroft. Dave was the referee, of course, for the Grey Cup. He also uh, was on officiating crews for the National Football League in preseason games, including one at Lambeau Field for the Green Bay Packers game. And uh, Dave bought some lottery tickets. A few weeks ago, when the jackpot and the um, Lotto Max was $60 million, well, Dave did okay, and he's going to be joining us a little later to talk about it. If you don't know what the number is, I'm not going to give it out now, but it was a <laughs> it's a nice big number, big number. Not to the 60 mil, but Dave came as close as you can without winning the jackpot, well, without scoring the jackpot. Totally. So that's coming up. A lot of things happening today. What I want to get at with you then is this. Um, Duff Conacher, the founder, co-founder of Democracy Watch, has initiated an effort where he wants Elections Ontario, Elections Canada, and all of the provincial elections commissions to really include in all of their advertising, and they spend millions of dollars advertising heading up to an election campaign, telling you what you can and what you can't do what you should and what you shouldn't do, I suppose. So he wants the elections commissions to really prominently include the fact that you can decline your ballot. That you, by doing so, you're effectively voting none of the above. And we constantly hear 
from people. I'm not voting for someone. I'm voting against someone. Or because of that, I'm not going to bother to go and vote. And so roughly 40% in federal elections don't bother to show up. And in the provincial election in Ontario in 2014, almost 50% didn't show up. And in British Columbia last year, it was 39.8%, give or take half a percentage point, who did not bother to vote. That's a lot of people. And that is a really clear margin of victory or a really clear margin of loss. If everybody showed up and voted, the election may have been entirely different. So uh, my question for you is this. Is there anyone listening to this program now? I don't know if I mentioned we'll have Justin Trudeau and Andrew Scheer uh, opposing each other later on in the program. So think about that. Is there anyone prepared to decline their ballot? Is there anybody prepared to decline their ballot and effectively vote none of the above in either the upcoming Ontario election or subsequently the provincial and federal elections in Canada? Um, And the other question that I have relates to what happened a week ago at the Golden Globes. Oprah Winfrey got up and delivered a speech. And it was one of those wow speeches, which she is so capable of delivering. She's a very polished person, a very successful person, a very successful media star. And so the feelings immediately after, maybe you saw it, I didn't, but I saw some of the highlights later, but I didn't see the speech itself. Um, The feeling was that maybe Oprah should be running for president in 2020 and opposing Donald Trump. And, of course, Hollywood almost unanimously jumped on board and said Oprah for president in 2020. So my question is at 1-800-263-2428. Are you inclined, would you be inclined to vote for a celebrity? If someone has great skills and great ability in the political world or in the business world or you know, in, in science and they run for office or the military and they run for office. They can be overshadowed by somebody who has a huge public profile and who's in the entertainment business or is just a celebrity. Would you be, are you one, are you, or are you somebody who would actively consider voting for a celebrity? So there's no real celebrity running in, in Ontario of this this year, federally in 2019, so next year, it'll be uh, either Justin Trudeau, who certainly has celebrity status and was a celebrity name. That's why the liberals chose him as their party leader. It worked because he was elected. Would you be inclined to vote for a celebrity? So in 2019, the celebrity would be Justin Trudeau. Andrew Scheer, who was with us yesterday, does not really have celebrity status at this juncture. Not really. I mean, he's a big name, obviously, and, and, and the name's getting more well-known. But if, the, if we're voting celebrities, it would be Justin Trudeau who would be likely to win. Mr. Singh doesn't have really quite a national profile yet. People don't really know much about him. He was a deputy NDP leader in Ontario, but nationally, he's not very well known. So if you're voting for celebrities, it would be Trudeau. 
But if somebody came out of the out of the out of the movie world or out of the television world, out of the entertainment business, and ran for office, would the celebrity status be enough for you to say, "Boy, I like that. That'd be kind of neat to have this person operate our province or our country." Eight hundred two six three twenty four twenty eight. So the questions are out there. Would you, uh, are you likely, um, would you be inclined to vote none of the above by declining your ballot? And if a celebrity ran, would you vote for that celebrity? I guess be, I could be clever and ask you, what celebrity would you be interested in having run? But it'll yeah, be up to you if you want to take that on. It's 800-263-2428, 1-800-263-2428. Roy Green Show, and this is the Chorus Radio Network. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.